Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex and this is Rob. Hello, folks. And this is episode 229 now and after a reasonably long hiatus, Rob, I have to say. I mean, how long has it been since the last episode? It's before Christmas. So, so yeah, it's, it's three weeks, something yeah. like that. I'm sorry, folks, that was uh, maybe, I mean, obviously, we were off over Christmas and New Year's for obvious reasons, uh, but um, recently I've been very busy with work. You say so. that, but we have done episodes before over Christmas. And New Year's. Have we? We have. I think we did one... Rem- yeah, I, I, I remember. I'm sure we have. I'm wrong. guessing that was when I still lived in Crystal Palace. Possibly. I mean, Jennifer would know better because... Um, uh, absolutely, yeah, She's yeah. doing the uh, the database. Yes, a happy New Year to everybody. Happy 2018. I think it, we've passed that. Rob, before we just crack on, you'll remember there was an aberration, wasn't there? Well, maybe not an aberration, depending on which way you look at it, but during the last episode, which was I... Oh, Yes! Where's my fucking gift? Well, look, Rob, it's January the 15th, and your birthday is soon upon us. I haven't forgotten. Are you seriously re-gifting this yeah, already? I'm not gonna, I haven't, re- I haven't got, you, got you anything, because there's been a bit of a, a difficulty in sourcing what you wanted. What? Right? It's, not, it's not actually easy. So what you're saying I'm on, to I'm me, in the process of it. Right, so... Uh, what I'm saying to you is, is that your birthday is when? Hang on. Your birthday, Rob, because I know... I've Stop checking your calendar! I'm not checking my calendar, you twat. It's the 21st of February. <laughs> I can see you reflecting your glasses. I'm reading something from an interesting story just came up. Mm, right. Interesting. Uh, you can see the reflection. Really? Could you see the reflection yes. of my glasses? Yeah, really what, what partridge well, style I, when he's looking at the tits? Yeah, yeah. Um, look, Rob, what I'm saying is, you is it's not far off, so I'll combine the two into one. I am not happy with this. Nor am I, and I'll make sure this is Can corrected. I just say, am I getting two gifts, or am I getting one gift? One gift. One gift. And it Valentine's Day wrapped into all that as well. I, hang on. So, yeah, not only have you not got me a Christmas present, you're now trying to fob me off by saying, oh, it's your birthday present as well. A lot of people listening to this, Rob, would sense ingratitude in your voice. Yeah, you damn fucking right they would. They'd say to you, Rob... Uh, this is an outrage. <laughs> this is, yeah. I will, how about this This year, you don't buy me a Christmas present and we'll even it up. But I can't I do that. I feel bad, Alex. I feel like I've forgotten about you. I did forget, and I, I admitted that I forgot, but I, I am trying... It's to... been three weeks! Yeah. Have I said, Rob, what you particularly asked for actually isn't easy to find anymore. That's fine. I mean, anything. You could have got me a scented candle. Oh, right. Anything, right. No, okay. not, not to shit off the table. Oh, right. Okay. Again with the podcast. Um, <laughs> is there any news, Rob, or has everybody been very quiet? No, it's been very quiet. because I think... Have all our listeners disappeared? In no, the I don't think they've disappeared. They, they, we, we have still been receiving stories, but I think oh, people... Good. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really posted an awful lot on social media, so that's probably why they haven't been commenting on it. Well, actually, Rob, speaking of listener stories, this week I've got a lot of listener stories because I said, to you, I think I, we were meant to do the podcast last week, we couldn't do it for various reasons. And I'd, I'd emailed, I'd text Rob before that and said, have you got any stories? Because in that three week period, there was nothing, Rob. My papers were dry and you sent me through some stories from, I think, Kyber and I think Shay. Yeah. I think they were from, you'll remind me as we go through them, and they were brilliant. A lot of them were brilliant. So I'm mainly focusing on those. Two. I think I've got some of my own, maybe. But uh, they were really, really good quality. I have to say, I was, I was experiencing the same things. I've really had to scour the local papers, try and find three stories that I think are of a good quality. But yeah, they were all, I mean, there was a lot of newsworthy stories over Christmas. It's very surprising. There weren't, no. No, I thought there were news for you. Stories. Yeah. Oh, right, not for me. Yeah, oh, no, I don't okay. know why. The quality of the story, I don't know what's going on, but... Rob, who would have sent a story from the Kent Online about Eagle Heights? Who sent that story? Stubby Steve. No, but was it? Can you check the it email? It was definitely Steve. Yeah. No, because I swear those email, that when you emailed me that, it was only from two people. I went through my emails and then deleted them. Um, it, it was Steve, because remember, because I got off Twitter, it was Steve. So, Rob, as you know, he's our Eagle Heights correspondent. And this is from the Kent Online, whose tagline is News You Can Trust. <laughs> now, have they not stolen our... That's very close, isn't it? Yeah, News You Can Trust, the most trustworthy name in local news. You stole... Should we sue them? Do we need to litigate? In fact, Rob, before I even get onto this story, can I just say something? Yeah. I meant to say it's at the top of the podcast. The other day I was in, for work purposes, I was in... Um, oh, this sounds so dodgy, I was in Soho, but I was. Right, and, uh, well, I pop- you know, Alex. And I popped out for lunch. Um, Again, is that a euphemism? No. Right. And... To Leicester Square, there's a Pret-a-Manger there. And as I was going in there, I noticed over the road, because I, I haven't been to Leicester Square in a while, and maybe I just hadn't noticed this. I don't know what was there before in this building. There is M&M World. Yes. Are you aware of this? I've been, I've been in a few times, yeah. Right. I, I remember standing... I not through not through choice. No. It's usually when we've had people down to visit. It's... And they wanted to go to M&M World. Oh, so it's a tourist attraction, isn't it? It's so I remember standing awful. outside, thinking, am I having some kind of trip? I mean, four, Alex, that four, shop's been there for over a year. Four floors 
Fourth floor. So I went in. And I was there about 25 minutes, wandering around. Really? Yeah, I went to every floor. This, this M&M world is the size of a department store. Yeah. It's four floors of nothing but M&Ms. Yeah. M&M shoes, M&M, M&M bottles, M&M cups. I mean, that's M&M. kind of what you'd expect from M&M world, to be fair. But why does this place exist? Um, this, is, this is the most point... That, I mean, number one, I wander around thinking, how does this place make a turnover? Because it was incredibly expensive. But how do they sell anything? Um, because it, because if I want to buy M&M's, I just go to the newsagent across the road and buy a regular bag of M&M's. Yeah, but I, I would argue that no one's going in there to actually just buy a regular bag of M&M's. They are going in there, because if you ever go in there... Well, is there a like, tourist attraction? Are M&M's that popular, Rob? They're huge all around the world, yeah. And that's who's in there. That's <laughs> yeah, but they're the no bigger than Mars bars. Right. But there's no Mars bar world, <laughs> or Snickers world. I would, I would say they're bigger than the, both of those. But I would also argue that if you go in there, because I've been there, like I said, a couple of times, it's always tourists. No, I noticed it's that. It's not London. I also noticed there wasn't one free M&M in the whole building. No, I also noticed that as well. And you're right, even if you do buy a bag of M&Ms, they're horrendously overpriced. Did you not find it psychedelic? That like, I found it to be like, if, if I've never taken acid, but if I did, this is probably what I'd experience. It was for me, like nothing on earth that I've ever experienced before. Well, more for me, actually, I find it more like, especially when you go down, you know, it has like the, the staircase. Yeah. So it's kind of a spiral staircase. It's a bit like Dante's Inferno. Yeah. You it's, really hated it, didn't you? Oh, it was awful. I didn't hate it. I quite enjoyed it on the level of this is so bizarre. Did you not find that the, 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 there's a really sort of sick, uh, sweet smell in there that yeah. really puts you off? I, I really felt for the people who work there. Yeah. And I, I do love the fact that on one of the floors they have like a laboratory where they're developing all these different M&Ms. And you're just thinking... That's complete bollocks. It's not a real laboratory. Yeah, what, what are you developing? <laughs> different colours? We, I think we've just zeroed, you know, flattened any chance we're going to have of M&Ms, M&Ms sponsoring this podcast. I'd just like to say I love peanut yeah. M&Ms. See, we could have had... We, that could have been local anaesthetics sponsored by M&Ms because there's a nut in all of us. Get some nuts. Oh, no, that's... Um... To be fair, that doesn't really work because they're not all... They don't all have nuts in them. Yeah. How about this nutty podcast? What came first, Smarties or M&Ms? Because Smarties are... are, are, are if you take a regular Smarties, it's identical to a, to a, to a regular M&M. Can I, I do no? agree. Although I have to say, if, if, if uh, M&Ms are listening, I do for the crispy M&Ms. I like, um, I like the peanut ones. I don't know. That's a good question. Who, which came first, the the M M&M or the Smarty? Anybody using Leicester Square really? Ch- but it or is, Skittles? But Rob, it is. In, I could under. I, what I couldn't work out with over the road fruit was the Lego World, which yeah. is tiny in comparison. Yeah, that's what I couldn't work out. I could understand a shop called M M&M M World that's maybe a floor of M M&M M related memorabilia. Yeah, but four floors. It was practically the size. Well, okay, it wasn't the size of Debenhams, but it was close. It was ridiculous. But I think the, f- the first thing you notice as you walk through the doors is obviously they've got to have a four-size Routemaster bus, which they've converted. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it really is a living nightmare. I'd agree with that. Right. On to um, the Eagle Heights story by uh, from Steve from the Kent Online News You Can Trust. Former, former Eagle Heights employee Daniel Clark of Hawley to stand trial over Kayla the Crystal Palace Eagle appeal. A former Eagle Heights employee accused of setting up a fake fundraising campaign in aid of a football club's mascot will stand trial next year. What a dirty thing to Brilliant. do. Brilliant. Daniel Clark also originally transferred twenty grand in donations to the bird reserve of to the bird reserve into his bank account. The twenty-one year old of Mill Hill, of Mill Road, Hawley. Um, that's Hawley as in H A W L E Y, not the other Hawley. Right. Okay. Denied fraud by abuse of position and money laundering when he appeared at Woolwich Crown Court last Thursday. He will now stand trial over three to four days at the same court from April the 9th. Clark, who worked at the Wildlife Centre, can you imagine if Alan Ames gets his hands on him? He will rip, he will rip his arms off like a gorilla. <laughs> yes, he will. If anybody doesn't understand that reference, go back to the second half of episode five, the all-time classic. I can imagine that uh, Alan Ames may break this man out of prison and then Kill. break him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What, what kind of thing do you think he'd do? I think he'd make him. I think he'd make him dress up as an eagle and push him off the top of a building. That seems a bit too crude for me. <laughs> I think this man would just disappear without a trace. I literally, he would disappear one day and never be heard from again. Yeah, but what would he have done with it? Actually, can we, we actually for legal reasons we need to stop this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was all. That was all a joke, obviously. Clark, who works at the Wildlife Centre between 2014 and last year, allegedly set up a fundraising page for Crystal Palace mascot Kayla the Bald Eagle. 
who obviously a fan wants an opposing fan wants punched in the face, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Does, does it say why he set the appeal up? We're getting there, Rob. The page claimed to be affiliated with Eagle Heights, but allegedly was not linked. It's claimed just over two thousand four hundred pounds of donations made to the campaign were transferred to Clark's bank account. Wow. Further investigation showed twenty thousand pounds in cash had been deposited into the account during his employment. Money the prosecution claims had been donated to Eagle Heights, who so is also laundering money. For, oh my God, you're a you're, nice individual. Never, you're messing with the wrong people. Oh, mate. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think he should have listened to our podcast. If he had, he would know. <laughs> <laughs> they got cheaters there, mate. At a previous hearing, Jason Lush, real name. That's a great name. Defending, said, Attorney Lush at your service, said his client completely denied any dishonest or fraudulent activity. If found guilty, Clark could face up to four years in jail. Now, I'm hoping there will, of course, be updates as to when the trial commences. So I'm trusting Steve to uh, to deal with that, yeah? I mean, that, that implies there will be a trial and that the defendant hasn't gone, hasn't mysteriously disappeared in the interim. Yeah, well, we last heard we heard from Alan Ames he's in Africa, so maybe that's I don't know. I don't know. I can just imagine him stepping off a private jet with just two cheaters on leave, <laughs> like, with a lot of gold on. <laughs> so can I? Right, this story I believe Rob, tell me if I'm wrong, was from Kyber. It's from Detroit. Yeah, is this about the police? Yeah, I remember reading the headline, but I haven't seen the story. What I want to know is Kyber. What were you doing sniffing around the local papers in Detroit? <laughs> what was he doing? What was he up to? What? No, but come on, what was he doing? Well, as he still hasn't responded to what, what job he yeah, does... He's very... Well, why is he so, um, what's the word, evasive about this? For all we know, he's an international playboy. Or he's, or he's a spy. Could be a spy. That would make sense, actually. Mon- In... Monitoring us, perhaps. Yeah, possibly, yeah. So this is from... Oh, it doesn't say what... It doesn't say what the paper is, and that's really bad. I, I, I feel like I need to credit the paper, Rob. Does no? it not say what it is in the link? It could do. Have you got the link there? Oh, yeah. oh, hang on. It's UPI. Whatever that is. It's from the UPI. Top new... I don't know what it is. But it's by Ray Downs. So that's what counts, Rob. And it's from November the 15th, a long time ago. But it's a great story. Right. Undercover Detroit police... Undercover Detroit police attempt to arrest each other in embarrassing drugs bust. Right. A group of undercover Detroit police... Rob, this is actually a great story. Okay. A group of undercover Detroit Can police... Can I just stop you, by the way? It's the UPI is the uh, United Press International. Of course it is. Of course it is. Thank you, Rob. A group of undercover Detroit police posing as drug dealers tried to arrest another group of undercover police <laughs> posing as drug buyers in a mishap that resulted in a brawl between more than two dozen armed officers. You couldn't write it, Rob. This is the makings of a comedy farce. It is. This is probably one of the most embarrassing things I've seen according in this department. Amazing. Detroit police chief... James Craig said Monday, according to the Detroit Free Press. The incident, Rob, occurred on November the 9th when two officers from Detroit's 12th Precinct were posing as drug dealers in order to arrest buyers. Two buyers did arrive to the drug house, but they were undercover police officers from Detroit's 11th District. The officers did not know each other. More officers from the 11th District arrived to serve a search warrant, and that's when it started to go terribly wrong, Craig said. Body camera footage obtained by a local radio station, WXYZ-TV, Oh, TV station, sorry. Shows the two groups of police officers yelling, shoving and throwing punches at each other. They appeared to be like Keystone Cops, Craig said, referring to the fictional police officers depicted in comedic silent silent films. Craig said an an internal investigation has been launched to understand how the two precincts made the potentially fatal mistake. It could have been. Because in 1986, Rob, two Detroit police officers were killed in a similar incident. Really? Yeah. What, like a shootout or something? Must have been. Thank God no one got seriously hurt or even worse killed, retired Assistant Police Chief Steve Dot Dot. Dolan said, I really thought his name was Steve Donut. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if only it could have been. The Wayne County Prosecutor's Office will also investigate to determine if criminal charges will be filed. A resident of the neighbourhood where the police brawl occurred had a suggestion for how police can further prevent incidents occurring like this one. You've got to have more communication, I guess, the resident said. Yeah, that's a probably good start, yeah. Comments. Mario Sellis Mack from Atlanta, Georgia says this. How do we know the ones posing were really posing? Maybe there's more to this. My brother is blue, and he said all he wants is to put in his last 18 months and get out. Just like politicians, police across the country have lost the truth of those who they serve, and it's a shame when good officers like my brother are ashamed of what their profession has become. And let's be honest, African Americans don't trust them, and whites see them as no more than hired guns to protect their wealth. Not why many joined. Good men wanting to protect and serve their communities. It's a shame. I believe that's why you got out of the police as well, with similar motivations. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. David James says to him, unless you're putting words in your brother's mouth, it'll be good riddance when he's gone. I suspect, though, that your ignorant racist comments... What racist comments? 
Oh, he thinks he's being racist towards white people, I suspect. Jesus this Christ. is the sort of Trump voter. Are your own, which you think are somehow more legitimate by claiming to have a cop brother. And then he says, actually, after rereading your comment, I wouldn't be surprised if you were a paid troll. Wow. Okay. Uh, he also comments on the story, David James. I assume it's not the, uh, the uh, ex-international uh, goalkeeper. Oh, if it, I would love it if it was. He says, another example of how much time, effort and money is wasted on the bogus war on drugs. I can see why this happened, though. In order to keep undercover work secret, nobody other than those immediately involved in the operation can know, especially in Detroit, where I'm sure there are plenty of cops who get paid well by the dealers to keep them informed of undercover operations, besmirching the good name of the Detroit police force there. These guys are apparently too good at keeping their jobs under wraps. The and bogus Dan- war on drugs. Well, yeah, well, there's a fair point there. But Dan G. Healy III says, Keystone Cops stuff. Now, Rob... This story from the Bristol fucking post, which would be Shay's neck of the woods. Correct. <laughs> it's by Jeffrey Bennett. <laughs> Here's the headline, Rob. Eastern father took porn magazines and plastic sheet to Bristol Park and masturbated for over an hour. <laughs> wow. It's the inclusion of the word plastic sheet in there that I think makes that headline, no? Yeah, it because is. Because the mind boggles. Well, no, no, no. He's obviously, he doesn't... What's the plastic sheet for? But let me finish. Well, that's what he said. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm now. assuming that what he's done is he's obviously tried, he's prepared uh, just in case, he obviously doesn't want a litter, so he's laid the plastic sheet down so it can catch his seed. But plastic sheet to me, plastic sheet sounds quite large. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Do you think this is the man you saw that time at the train station? Was it used? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the, really, uh, the, the trolley, the trolley of porn. But with just yeah. a stack of porn mags. Maybe. We reckoned about 78 in there. Yeah, we did, we did the mouse. It was roughly about that. Or maybe it's like, it's like um, what do you call them? Like a poncho. Maybe he's put on like a poncho. I think it's a proper so tarpaulin. He's holding the magazine in one hand and you know, being away under the poncho so as not to cause any alarm to uh, children. Why is he doing or... it in public then? Well, I don't know. Well, it gets him out of the house, doesn't it? A Bristol father of nine. Nine? Yeah. That's why he always said doing it in the park, because he can't do it at home. <laughs> Getting no space, this guy. No. Love, I'm going out. <laughs> I'll be an hour. You got, got the in. poncho? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just go down the park. I reckon his nickname's Ponch. Or Ponch. Alright, Ponch's been down the park again, have you? Pervert. A Bristol father of nine took pornographic magazines and a plastic sheet to a park and masturbated for more than an hour. That's a court amazing. was told... How's that jury not laughing? When Alan McKenzie went to Newton Park, no, Netton Park, with with petroleum jelly. Oh, he... Right, okay, so this man is prepared. As well as the adult magazines, an, officer, an office worker watched in horror as he performed a sex act, masturbation. Yeah. Mackenzie, 54, of Lena Road in Easton, was to face trial in January. I mean, Bristol again. If you judge Bristol on the stories that you say, it sounds like a complete dive. I just think that the people of Bristol sure are isn't. slightly more liberated than, than oh, is that what you think lots of other places, yeah. He pleaded guilty to possession with intent to supply cannabis, outraging public decency. Hang on. Possess- so, what, what? He was due to face trial in January, but he pleaded guilty to possession with intent to supply cannabis, outraging public decency, and possessing a knife in September. So he's got other charges. Right, okay. His Honour, Douglas Field, adjourned sentencing until January pending a report from the probation service. In January last year, the Bristol fucking Post reported how two women looking from their kitchen window in Clifton Down Road spotted a seemingly naked man sitting on a bench near Bristol Zoo Gardens. He was naked. I hope Bristol Zoo Gardens actually isn't a zoo because if he's around animals, that's even worse. Can you imagine the monkeys no, Bristol Zoo getting excited? Is... <laughs> sure, the monkeys is going to imitate what he's doing. Um, also, yeah, the Bristol um, Bristol does have a zoo, so I'm assuming it probably is. They call, that, that also implies there could be families in that. They called police who found Mackenzie performing a sex act and wearing just a pair of women's knickers, the court heard. Oh my sweet... Right, okay, so clearly this man <laughs> has a few issues. <laughs> he, he told them, I'm really sorry, before denying all in an interview. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. Sir, you were found sitting on a park bench with a tub of petroleum jelly, a plastic sheet, porn magazines, and, uh, and uh, naked, only wearing a pair of knickers. Nope. <laughs> what you, nope, no, I wasn't. <laughs> Yes, I want here. Here are the items. Nope. So we have these pictures. Wasn't me, mate. Wasn't me. Looks like me. It's not me. Mackenzie pleaded guilty to exposure, and Judge Mark Mark Horton handed him a twelve-month community order, including a rehabilitation requirement for up for forty days and sixty hours unpaid work. 
He's actually also got to register as a sex offender. He's told him, you've pleaded guilty to an offence which is completely alien to your previous life. And there has been and is no explanation given as to why you behaved the way you did. The court heard Mackenzie didn't appear to approach anyone during an offence and there was no evidence he directed his activities or anyone to, or witnesses, to anyone or witnesses were damaged by what they saw. After he left court, Mackenzie told Bristol Police Bristol Post. I wish it never happened. It was just an unfortunate incident. He, he found that's not an unf- that sounds like that's an accident. <laughs> I've got some sexual psychotherapy appointments made. Well, that's that's probably for the best. But it doesn't say anything about the plastic sheeting. How is this comment not removed? Siren B says in women's knickers and KY jelly, uh, batty man. He thinks. How is that oh still on God. there? A homophobic comment still on the Bristol fucking post. Get on it. Roy the Rover 100 said, So Ted just reminded me of the other one where three nuns dashed out of the park yelling, Benedictus. Three nuns passed by, two had heart attacks, the other had a stroke. It's another joke. Yeah, great. Parcel said... Um, <laughs> Sorry, Parcel? Uh, he hasn't got a leg to stand on, coming to a park near you. And D Todd says, Finally, after years of wandering, men in their late 30s and older now know the type of person that dropped copies of Fiesta and Razzle in the bushes at the local park for us to find when we were little. <laughs> That's true. There yeah. were there were poor. There's mags. a lot of poor mags and bushes. I tell you, when I was always incredibly excited as a young teenager, when I don't I, know about that. Alex. When I saw um, uh, a copy of the um, the Daily Sport left on the road, yeah, because the Daily I, Sport was essentially a porn magazine. I once I remember <laughs> I'm not sure I'll be telling the story, but I remember once moving into a new house and um, going to the, lo- the attic for the first time and finding an old discarded porn magazine up there. And were you happy? It was a great day. What, what, what do you remember? What the publication was? Oh, what was it? It wasn't one I recognised. Well, not one I recognised many porn magazines. Do they still exist now, porn magazines? They still you, exist, yeah. But I don't know who's buying them. Uh, is there a market for them? I'd love to know if it's like Fiesta and Razzle. And then, <laughs> I mean, who, who also needs a porn mag after an old car? <laughs> I think Fiesta, Rob, as a word, has origins before Ford badged it onto their vehicle. No, I don't believe that. I think it means party in Spanish. And Razzle. What a great name for a porn mag. Yeah. It just sounds dirty. <laughs> yeah. Jazz mag. <laughs> that's what we'll come out with. Jazz mag. Jazz mag, yeah. Which always reminds me of bottom. But anyway, yeah. that's by the by. Okay, well, after that rather rambling first segment, I feel we need to pick up the pace of it because that went on a bit. I quite enjoyed that. Uh, good. Um, so did he in the park, I think. Well, yeah, absolutely. We, didn't, we never told if he reached the climax. And also, they never told us what the plastic sheet was for. No, I said, I said that during the... Uh, yeah, it would be nice to know. I mean, he's obviously gone... I think he had it wrapped, wrapped around his neck like a cape. As I said, it's like a poncho. Yeah. Because, I mean, he, he may have been... Ponch. Ponch the <laughs> wanker. <laughs> he sounds like a Spanish TV character. <laughs> Ponch the wanker? It's a great name for a TV character. It doesn't translate, like, obviously. Why Spanish? I don't know. I, th- I well, think that's a bit xenophobic, isn't it? Why Spanish? I think it goes. It sounds like a League of Gentlemen. Do you know character. what? It, going back to um, hey, the goes, Far Show. Do you remember they had those? Oh, called... great Far Show character, Ponch the Wanker. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a character called Willie Tom Bastardo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, just before we, before I start my first story, I, I read a headline, and I don't know. I find this he- headline really funny. I'm not going to do the story, mm. but maybe it's not that funny. Not gratuitous, got... is it, Rob? No, not Can't at all. Call on them. What is it? Right. Elvis is back. Raising cash to fight polio. <laughs> yeah. What is it about that? Uh, it's because it's the kind of thing that Alan Partridge read out as a genuine headline on Mid Morning Matters. Yeah, Obviously maybe that's it. Raised from the dead to fight polio. Because it's very... Why polio? And also, I thought we cured polio. Yeah, but why polio? Yeah. yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's just not like cancer or something. Polio. It's, yeah. very, it's like rickets. <laughs> that would be good as well. <laughs> Elvis is back to fight rickets. Um, which sounds like he used to and just to be clear Elvis is not actually back from the dead no not because if he did come back from the dead I, I think people would be number one very perplexed and it would obviously be an earth shattering event the likes of which we'd never seen but then that would lead to confusion and disorientation when he said I'm back to fight polio and they'd have to take him to one side and go oh yeah we cured that <laughs> yeah, right. at which point he presumably dropped dead again yeah I would think so hopefully not a polio yeah uh, so the first story I've got is from the uh, the Gloucester Live website. It's by... The uh, Citizen... Oh, no. The Citizen... No. Well, yeah, it probably was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Don't let me forget, Rob. Never forget. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Their communist past. <laughs> the story's by Matthew Calderbank. Um, and the headline is... The story behind Gloucester's most ridiculous warning signs. What do you mean ridiculous warning? Okay, go on. The problem of human fouling is not an issue that many councils have to contend with. 
Oh, I can stop. That's one of the best sentences we've had in local news journalism. The the problem of human fouling is not traditionally one local. It's council. not an issue that many councils, councils have, have to contend with. with. <laughs> I don't, if we find a good phrase later for an episode title, maybe we could include um, the issue of human fouling and. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But Slimbridge Proud Council were compelled to take matters into their own hands, hopefully not the faeces, when bus stops were repeatedly befouled with human excrement. Isn't befouled a good word, Rob? Yeah. Not used enough. Especially when it's I... in, in, in junction with uh, human excrement. <laughs> God. Hang on, what? Hang on, the episode's all there. Bus stops repeatedly befouled by human excrement. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that is good, actually, yeah. Bus stops repeatedly befouled by human excrement. Yeah. The offensive matter was regularly found in bus shelters in Slimbridge in Cambridge last year. Aww. The council decided to, to place signs in the bus stop areas, clearly stating no human family. So did it have one of those symbols of a sort of person squatting with a turd coming out of it and an X through it? Like, no family. Exactly that. No, fuck off. It's exactly what I just described. <laughs> it's exactly what... put it back. It's even worse than that because it's not just one... There's a turd on the floor and another bit dropping <laughs> out there. It's not, even, it's not even one turd. It's, it's really quite... graphic. <laughs> the image shows a person squatting and defecating and sends a clear message that the act Can is I say, forbidden. I just want to be clear. I've never seen that before and I have not been in that area or visiting those bus stops. I just want to say that right now. I have to say, I don't believe that for a word. For a moment. That's the one. For a uh, word? For a word. <laughs> no, I don't want it. Anyway. Um, so the image shows a person squatting and defecating and sends a clear message the act is forbidden parish councillor Colin uh, sorry parish councillor Phil Garrett said (laughs) we encourage a bad uh, sorry that's a councillor's name if ever you've heard it yeah Phil Garrett yeah Uh, we encountered a bad Phil Phil Garrett and his best mate uh, Ponch the Wanker (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to think there's definitely a sitcom there has to be well, Phil, yeah, Phil Garrett. They'd Garrett's. be too lightly Phil, Ga- Phil Garrett is the main character, but a supporting character. He kind of flips in and out of the show. He's ponched, ponched a wanker. Yeah, you're right. I can imagine they'd be, they'd be the delivery drivers. Phil Garrett's the driver, and then um, ponched a wanker's po- po- the, the delivery lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sits in the back of the van with a razzle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly that. And he's ponched. Defecating bus stops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we a bad... I mean, this phrase shouldn't exist. Um, or this sentence, even. We encountered a bad spell of human fouling at our bus stops last year. And a bad cleaner. spell of human... F- a bad f- bad spell of human befouling at bus stops. <laughs> yeah. Episode title. Okay. Uh, we looked at a few different options to combat the fouling. We considered a belt and braces approach and discussed hey. the possibility of installing well, the CCTV. Approach, insisting that people wear belt and braces and don't remove them. Exactly. Hence they can't. Yeah, if they, if they, and then if they, if they, if they let you know, the trousers drop, then they're instantly arrested. Which probably they would be anyway. Uh, as well, so... The possibility of CCTV as well as the signs to really nip it in the bud. I guess a poor choice of words. I don't know why. <laughs> but we agreed at our annual general meeting last year that we could try the Can signs. Can you imagine that? Agenda item. Human befouling at bus stops. <laughs> right, agenda item number 3.1. Human befouling at bus stops. Rob, do we know why people are doing this? <laughs> Is it a so. protest against the level of transportation in uh, Gloucester? It could well be, actually, yeah. yeah I think it's the only way that, uh, that a community have been browbeaten by fascism have got a fighting back a silent protest drop through shit could be right actually I mean we're could I <laughs> could you're genuinely saying well, <laughs> I mean let's face it there are stranger things we've talked about in this podcast than someone taking a dirty protest by shitting a bus stop in I mean I have to say in protest at a, a, a communist regime maybe pushing Hang on, it we shouldn't remember we shouldn't keep equating communism with fascism but this is but, but in but in, in Gloucester, unfortunately, communism did turn into fascism. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's, there was definitely a crossover there. Was it was it Gloucester if I made that or was it Stroud? I think it was Stroud. Which is in Gloucester. Ah, of course it is. Yeah, well, that's how it all started. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um also can I just say by the way, I came home yesterday and uh and Sarah said to there me. There was shit through your letterbox. <laughs> no, she's shit in the front door. No, um <laughs> no, no, just ignore that. Uh what was I saying? Oh yeah, so she said Look, and she showed me that she'd uh, she'd gone through and cleared out her her bra drawer because she has a, a drawer. Door Rob, are you sure you want to share this story on? on yeah, the yeah, uh, no. Uh, she let, cleared let out her bra drawer, right? What she had a lot of old manky bras. Exactly, right, and she right. said, "I'm going to donate them." She said, "Oh yeah, it was to a charity called Bras to Africa." Fuck off! <laughs> was she taking the piss? Yeah, no, no, she was. Because she's never them. listened to this podcast, so she. No. Was, are you and kidding I, me? They're I then said to her, that, "Did uh, you laugh?" I did laugh, and then explained to her why I was laughing. Episode three. Yeah, Brass to Africa, Rob. And then episode six, I think, because we have the revenge as well. 
It wasn't as soon as episode six, Rob. It was some episode six. Oh, okay. But either way, yes, they're still going and they're still providing those precious bras to Africa. I don't think anybody wants. I don't think these people want Sarah's bras. Well, it was. But was it actually? I mean, I can't remember what what the story was. Now it was a long time ago. Get her to put them in an envelope and send them to Ponch. <laughs> You'd appreciate them. Put them on, put them on. Go down the park. Yeah. <laughs> They'd have to match his underwear, of course. Uh, so the councillor, not not Ponch, by the way. So the councillor, I'm pleased to say the problem has now stopped. So we consider the science a success. It's job done. I'm just going to leave it at that. There is a bit more, but... Why would uh, the signs suddenly work? Are, are, we lit- are, are they legitimately suggesting, Rob, that the only reason people were defecating in bus stops before is because they didn't realise that wasn't allowed? Yeah. And now they are, they're like, oh, Look, oh, I fancy a shit, but um, I didn't really... Oh, you can't do it here. We need to go down the road into the bushes. All I'm saying is, the good people of Gloucestershire, they are a very simple folk, so <laughs> you have to tell them not to shit in bus stops. My only concern is... They need other signs, don't they, for everything else. Down but... the supermarket, you know... <laughs> In your HMV. That should have been um, Ponch's defence. There was no sign on the bench which said no. There should have been a sign with a man naked in women's underwear with a plastic <laughs> sheet, petroleum jelly and Paul Mags with an X through it. Exactly. For some people, unless it's spelled out, it's just yeah. difficult. Because to be fair, why, how would you know that wasn't on? I mean, yeah, you're right. Yeah. There we go. No, you're not right the slightest. Uh, my second story, I'm not going to read the headline because it will give it away, but uh, it's also from the Gloucestershire Live. It's the Citizen. It's by uh, Phil Norris, who sounds like he could also be a friend of... Um... Phil Norris. Who was the other guy? <laughs> oh, uh, hang on. Uh, I think it was Phil as well. Phil Garrett. Phil, Phil Norris, Phil Garrett. And Ponch Nwanka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better. They, they, they knew each other in secondary school as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they would have done, They'd yeah. grown up together. Yeah. I think that they wouldn't have gone to university. I think they, you know, they, were, they were a bit... They were one of those people that... They... I think one of them did, but he dropped out after a year. Yeah, possibly. I think they're you know they're, they're they're the best of friends. They're not the brightest lads in the world, you know. They 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 were popular, but they were never that popular. And you know they used to go for you know a bit of boozing, a bit of tearaway. That's exactly the song. Yeah. Um, right. So when's this story from? This is from the fifteenth of January. So we're very current. Oh, yeah, I haven't it this morning. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> got that. When the piece the RSPCA got the call, they knew it was one they had to respond to. A woman in Gloucestershire phoned the charity to say she, she was worried a cat had got stuck under the wardrobe after getting home, uh, after getting into a home through an open door. An inspector... She was worried what? Say that again. Right. She was worried a cat had got, it, had got stuck under a wardrobe after getting in her house through an open door. I mean, under a wardrobe? A wardrobe is a fixed unit of furniture which is on the floor. How could a cat get yeah, under a wardrobe? Yeah, if you think like an ornate wardrobe, it has like... Oh, no, that's no, no. Those. Right. Otherwise, otherwise it would be dead. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay. a... It's a Keep that in mind. And Inspector Jack Alderson was on the case and rushed the, bli- the bishop's sleep home. He said, she couldn't free the cat or lift the wardrobe, so I went to help as quickly as possible. To my surprise, when I arrived, I find the feline was actually a pair of slippers. Oh. <laughs> genuinely... Her own slippers? <laughs> Don't you get them confused with a cat? And also... I should have gone to Specsavers advert somewhere there, isn't it? <laughs> it's true. So surely you'll get closer to it to find it to make sure what it was. Well, maybe maybe she's vision impaired. She was genuinely concerned and had put out three bowls of different food to try and tempt the puss out. <laughs> Bowl of milk. She didn't recognise her own slippers. I don't. I don't know. Rob, is that the end of that story? Um, there is a bit more. Uh, I'm glad we always put her mind at rest. The RSP says it said it receives one call every 27 seconds from animal lovers concerned for the for a pet. Or wild animal. Um, inspectors are sent out to help out as many animals as possible. Not all calls turn out to be as they, they may first appear. Um, oh, hang on. I didn't scroll down the story. It's got comedy. Okay. So, it then goes on. And I didn't read this far down. And I apologise. To talk about comedy call-outs from the RSPCA. One of which we know about, which is the sock lizard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Horsing around. RSPC officers were called to investigate claims that a horseman tied to the back of a trailer by its legs, only to find out the filly was a fake and made of plastic. <laughs> Who the hell can't spot a plastic horse? Heron mix-up. RSPCA <laughs> animal collection officer Fabian Van, good name, Rushed to a garden leads on, on, on June 30th when a caller reported a heron with a broken leg stuck in the pond. But when he arrived at the scene, he quickly established that the bird wouldn't be making a, a recovery from his injury as it was a garden ornament. Oh, can you get. 
These people brains, well, they just see anything inanimate and they think it's real. Yeah, and just call the, call the RSPCA. An RSPCA inspector rushed to the family home in Aylesford, Hampshire, on uh, July 20th after a panicked phone call from mother who found a giant spider the size of her hand hiding in the, in the, under, the downstairs cupboard. So what was it, actually? Inspection officer uh, Nikki Denham arrived with gloves and, and net to confine the creature and soon spotted the legs poking out from behind the vacuum cleaner. But she, she shone a light on the arachnid. It soon became clear it was a plastic toy. What's <laughs> wrong with it? Well, don't these people check out, like, 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 poke it or see what it is before you call out the RSPCA? This last one. I'm going to finish here. I'm not going to read. <laughs> Dead bathtub. Hey. An RSPCA, an RSPCA inspector went to a field in Bradford, in Bradford, West Yorkshire, on August 7th on a number of courses with concerned members of the public about a dead horse. More came in the following day, so another inspector attended, and she couldn't find anything. And the following day, yet more calls came in, so Inspector Nikki Cheatham also attended. After following one of the caller's directions, and finding only an abandoned bathtub, I called him to check I got the right spot. He said he could see the field from where he was, and he was standing right next to the dead horse. Suffice to say... So he thought, basically it was a bathtub turned up on its other side with the legs sticking out, and somebody thought it was a horse. Might actually, do you know what? That could be a horse from a distance. If he was looking from his garden window, there's a If you thought it was dead, go and check it out. Rob, I always love it when this happens, but it's very strange because that story is from the 15th of January. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Also from today, and I was going to read it out today, from Tom Ball at the New Shopper. Right. Some things do get lost in translation. Lost in translation. As one RSPCA worker who was called to Dartford found out. The RSPCA have shared hilarious details of comic calls last year, including one from a terrified woman who thought she saw a two-metre snake in her back garden. The lady was so scared she called the RSPCA and then proceeded to hide away from the serpent upstairs until they arrived. However, when animal collection officer Monica Faluna arrived at the home on August 26th, she was surprised by what she found. She said this poor person was clearly beside themselves with fear and stayed upstairs and wouldn't come down at all. I went out to the garden unsure of what snake I would find, but I was a little surprised to see a very tiny box placed over what was meant to be a two-metre-long snake. To my surprise, I actually found a beautiful elephant-hawk-moth caterpillar. They are much larger than the usual caterpillar, but I don't think we'd ever find one that was two metres long. Two metres? what? Yeah. Monica tried to calm the woman down and explained it was just a little caterpillar, but the trauma had been too much, and she decided the best thing to do would be to remove the animal and release him somewhere else. Monica said, it's just all in the day's work. The RSPCA released the details of their more light-hearted call-outs in an effort to beat Blue Monday, because it's Blue Monday today. Yeah. The most depressing day of the year. Right, okay, yeah. And this story also references Blue Monday, so clearly this has gone, you know... As we know... To all the local 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 papers lift it, yeah, exactly. Other mishaps include a concerned elderly lady in Gloucestershire who thought a cat had become trapped under a wardrobe. Yeah, there we go. And if you're still feeling deflated, you might be interested to know that one RSPC officer was called to rescue four sheep, Rob, stuck in brambles and Kidderminster last year by an elderly farmer. That's fair enough. I think think that's justified. What do you think it actually was? (laughs) Oh, was it not actually sheep? Of course not. Oh, God. I thought you would have picked that up now (laughs) by the tone of these stories. Yeah, you're right. Sure, sorry, yeah. Um... Uh, let me think. Jumper? Some some clothes? No, it was a collection of balloons. Right? <laughs> Hang on. A collection of balloons got stuck in brambles? Yeah. And didn't pop. Wow. Hey, on that, Rob, because I just want to say, I'm just thinking of the association of balloons and parties. Yeah. The other day I was driving along, right, and I saw parked at the side of the road a minivan that looked like it was from the 70s. Nice. And because the paint, it was painted all over... Uh, with like uh, bright colourful things and there's a slogan on the side I'm about to tell you in a second but it looked all of that looked like it had been painted in the 70s to be honest because it was all, quite old and faded God it's part of the side of the road and it, and it was a it was like a kid it was obviously like some sort of almost like legs akimbo from from. Uh, I have to say I'm starting to get very concerned about, about the motivations of this van <laughs> right it's like it's like, a, it's like it's not like an ice cream van or anything but it, it looks like it's some like they do children's parties or whatever. Yeah. and it just said on the side of it in big like sort of balloon like writing Jimmy's van and I just thought... Yeah, okay, you've more concerned now. I just thought, post-Utri, you can't have the word you're Jimmy. Ch- <laughs> you were It's a Jimmy's van, children's parties, and I just thought, you can't... No, Jimmy. <laughs> it's Jimmy. No, we both know no. that Jimmy would be, will, will be friends with Phil Norris, Phil Garrett. Oh, what, this <laughs> The Jimmy? two Phil's. Yeah. So, yeah, and, yeah and, it would be the two Phil's, wouldn't it? And Ponch the Wanker. Yeah, so two Phil's, Ponch the Wanker and Jimmy. 
and the other guy you mentioned earlier. Wasn't there another one? No, in fact, I've, I've bombed together. I've, I've, I've the two Phils, because it's Phil Garrett, the counsellor, Phil and Phil Norris, the journalist. I, I think they'd have to be the two Phils. The two Phils. Two Phils. Poncho the wanker and... Jimmy. Jimmy and his van. Jimmy the bastard. <laughs> yeah, okay, Jimmy the bastard. <laughs> Okay, Rob. I think I still might be high from all those. Actually, I didn't eat any M&M's from the M&M's shop. I wish now I bought... They did do some... Like, they, I don't know. They, it was something... They did a lot of ornaments. Yeah. Like M&M's... An M&M flying a plane. An M&M in a train. An M&M... Absolutely. I was going to get you one of those for Christmas. I'm present. so glad you didn't. But Can you imagine if I had and you just thrown it against the wall? What? Sort of Stop, haunting... <laughs> Stop haunting... Stop haunting me! <laughs> but also, what kind of person goes into that shop and think, do you know what? That would look beautiful, my mantelpiece. No, I did, but I did think some of them would make nice gifts, but then I thought, who would want that? Yeah, who is that that obsessed? Who is or who's the, no one says the mugs that. were nice. I think everybody would appreciate an Eminem mug. I, I'm not a fan of novelty mugs. <laughs> Which I realise... <laughs> Are you not? No. Which I realise like is a very partridge life. No, I'm not a fan of novelty. But it's very specific hatred. <laughs> but I appreciate the functionality of a mug. I just love okay. the idea of somebody giving you a novelty off for Christmas and you just smashing it against the floor. <laughs> Why do you keep doing this? <laughs> Basically that. <laughs> and also, do you know what really annoys me? Mo- novelty mugs that compromise the space of the liquid. So if it's a weird... <laughs> novelty mugs that compromise the space of the liquid is also well, cracking maybe up. Maybe so the space for the liquid. But do you know what I mean? You don't Vague, do vaguely, yes. Right. So something where the you mean it defeats the whole purpose of its practical of its practical yeah. design. Or it, it limits the 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 the. the uh, Rob, this is a really volume. This has been preoccupying. Like, if you have a breakdown tomorrow, I'll be able to tell Sarah it was the mugs. <laughs> Did you give him a novelty mug? I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell Sarah. Do you know? I'll, I'll give you an example. Right. Okay. There was there was a mug. I saw very recently. Wait, when you say novelty mug, because like I've got mugs with like style, they they just regular mugs. No, no, that's so, fine. So okay. with, with something on the outside, that's fine. But Some something kind of... that's shaped, right? <laughs> where the um, I don't know the slogan or the character interferes. So the volume of the mug is is significantly reduced. What's the point of that? <laughs> Should I just walk away and just leave you to close out this? <laughs> do you know what? Yeah, piss off. I'm gonna do mug I've got talk. A great idea for a, a podcast. Rob's rants. Do you know what I'm gonna call it? Mugged off. Mug, what, what a podcast just about novelty shaped mug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many episodes is that going to last, mate? Well, to, to be fair, how many, how many no- novelty mugs do you think there are in the world? That's a very good question. You could go through each one. Yeah. Uh, I, what would do... an audio medium, really, though, would it? Bro? No, I think what I, Well, you say that. Let me, let me put this to you, okay? I'm going to see how this, this plays. So each week, I, I get a new mug novelty mug from around the world. I describe the mug in great detail. I measure the cubic volume of the mug. And then you have then to drink something. I take a hammer to it. It's a bit like um, the chip reviews, the reviews of chip shops. Yeah. Could I be part of this? Because I'd like to witness how I'm this affects you. I'm not getting your passion for this topic. No, to no, I don't need to be passionate. I think it needs a straight man who, who doesn't have a problem with it to count the balance. So here. you want to be part of Mugged Off? We could have Mugged Off as a feature. When we finally get round to doing our spin-off podcast that we've been talking about for ages, yep. Mugged Off could be a feature. Okay, well, we actually have to purchase the mugs and you have to keep them as a collection in your home. <laughs> <laughs> Only for the... Like you and Sarah are just sleeping around mugs. <laughs> all, all around you. But then, see, the benefit of that is after a certain point I can then go to local papers and talk about my own mug collection. <laughs> yeah, you could. Before then, you know, burning them in like a ritual pyre. Can you burn a mug? If the temperature's hot enough. Can you? Yeah, but it would need to be probably hotter than. You're know, trying to set fire to a pile of mugs in your Because <laughs> it is porcelain, you need to probably get it to like a, a few hundred or thousand degrees Celsius before it would actually start to melt. I, I would think. Anyway, sorry, slight tangent there. But uh, again, I really do hate novelty mugs. It's always interesting when you find, just we've known somebody for years and then suddenly out of nowhere you find there's a real source of irritation that you never knew about. Because <laughs> I, I could have been really getting on your nerves about this for years, as I know. And I think of all those years we worked together. I could have brought you tea in a novelty mug. I, I missed opportunities to wind you up. Yeah, as I said, it's, I don't mind a mug that's got a logo on no, it. I understand that, I'm, Rob. I'm, Rob, I think, I think, look, I think we've been talking about this for five minutes. I think all of us have established <laughs> where your issue lies. Okay. Can we just move on? It's about the cubic volume of the mug. I understand. 
Right, so this was sent in by... Um, I think it... Oh, God. Do you know I, what? I, I'd like to take you to the mug section of the M&M world then, because that will drive you up the wall. Uh, trust me, I've seen it. And I just... I don't see Because they the really were novelty shaped. Shit. That's what it is. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, so... Oh, dear. This story was sent in by Steve. So thank you, Steve. It's from... Uh, when I've just lost the story, so... I'm just going to keep talking and hopefully you can fill in the meantime. There we go. Right, so it's from the Burton Mail. So I'm guessing hey. this uh, so a new story. Burton? Uh, yeah, Burton on Trent. Which what is happened to fun. Burton's? Do you remember that shop? It's st- you can still... It's still there. It's there. They're still closed. Oh, I bought this tie from Burton. Oh, right. It's Burton's. Burton's, it's yeah. It's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible name. Uh, yeah. Rob, sorry. I'm, I, I, I took us off on a tangent. No, I apologise. <laughs> so this story is from the Burton Mail. Uh, it's by uh, by Burton Mail apparently um, and it's from the 12th of January Butcher trapped in freezer uses black pudding to save his life <laughs> is this Phil Norris? <laughs> no this is uh, Chris um, McCabe Chris McCabe? Chris McCabe McCabe why do I think of the word kebab when I hear McCabe? I have literally no idea McCabe it sounds like it would be a McDonald's version of a kebab McBab yeah, yeah, absolutely. Try our new McBab. Rob, we're not going to get to the end of this podcast. So <laughs> do do you know what? Can I just say the thought of, of, of McDonald's doing a kebab is, I mean, their burgers are bad enough. Rob, we have gone kebab. off on so many tangents this episode because we haven't seen each other in three weeks and we're forgetting this is a podcast and we're just using it as an excuse to chat shit, which is what Rob and I normally do. Yeah. Um, usually on the podcast, so. You, you know what I mean. Yeah. Right, there's a few innuendos in this, so just bear with me. Innuendos? Why? He's trapped in a freezer. Well, it's a bit, not sexual innuendos. No, no, no. Oh, right. no, no, no. Puns, you mean? Pun. Yeah, well, I think the way he speaks is it's not deliberate, but the, uh, yeah, you'll see what I mean. A butcher smashed his way out of a locked freezer with a frozen black pudding after which. <laughs> of... <laughs> How the. Smashed his way out of a freezer with a frozen. Yeah. Pudding. Can you imagine holding it and realizing at that moment I can use this? To escape. I think... Right, so this freezer, it says in here, was minus 20. Was it a I big be, freezer? Or yeah, it's like a walk-in freezer. He's a butcher. Like, like The Shining? Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's... <laughs> after the wind blew the door shut when he went in. <laughs> oh, the wind? Yeah. What was wind doing in the... Was it, I don't know. He doesn't say. I don't It'd know be how... quite a heavy... Do- wind blew... Okay. But how would it lock? I think it automatically seals. <laughs> he could have died in the row. He could have... Yeah. Uh, this is why he had to break his way frozen... Yeah. You know I'm going to go with this. Yeah. If he'd frozen and he was discovered two days later, would he still been alive if they thawed him out? No. He would be dead, Alex. <laughs> Think about all the people who go to like, the Arctic. <laughs> they don't freeze. They don't take them no, back to their I, camp and then I stick in front of a heater. I said two days later. So what's cry- cryogenic, cryogenic freezing about then? Well, the, the idea behind cryogenic uh, or cryogenically freezing body is that in future generations they'll have the technology in order to defrost oh. the body. Okay. So if if you literally defro- defrosted them now, they would still be dead. <laughs> I thought it'd be like the principle, you know, like if I if I buy some fish and I freeze it, and I take it out of the freezer in a month, it's still good to eat. But you're saying no, no, he'd be dead. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And also, okay. Do you know what? Part of me is really glad you said you were going to eat that fish, and I don't know why. I'm not sure what I thought you were going to say something very different. What do you think I was going to say? I don't know. You're going to abuse it in some way. Are you all right? Just you know, we abused some frozen <laughs> fish. Hang on, we just uh, come right, with Mad Frankie in the park. On. I think we can all be clear that Rob's having a nervous breakdown <laughs> on this podcast. I think the evidence is all here. Rob, are you okay? I'm, I'm fine. It's, okay. it's been a long week. <laughs> and it's only Monday. And it's just <laughs> the beginning of 2018. I hate 2018 already. Yeah, there's a lot of things that uh, I must admit haven't, got, haven't been going well. Anyway, Chris McCabe, 70, had credited... The 70? 70, yeah. He's past age of retirement, this guy. He's working yeah, but he, he loves meat so much. He really like, loves that meat. I like meat. I like working with meat. Where's that from, Rob? That's... I like meat. Do you recognise it? I yeah. like working with meat. Now say it in a Scottish accent. I like meat. I like working with meat. It's not League of Gentlemen. It is League of Gentlemen, isn't it? you're close. It's day-to-day, the office segment. The, the, the Scottish guy played by Steve Kruger, oh, who ends yes. up working in a butcher's. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so has credited the blood sausage with saving his life. The blood, after- the blood sausage. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Enduring image. After I've he never was had able- black pudding. I, I'm sure you have. 
I would I, never have it either. Yeah, I, I love black pudding. Well, where Sarah's from, Berry, it's it's famed for its black pudding, and they also do white white pudding as well. What's that? It's some to do. So is it? I think it's white blood cells as opposed to because it basically black pudding is is just blood. You know this. Well, I got to eat later. I don't really want to. Okay. Uh, Why would anybody want to eat blood? It's surprisingly good. They also do one with chili, which is lovely. They do. They do like chili. So they do. Well, it but in, I've realised that you're a man who'll eat anything. Right. <laughs> I mean that. That's no. That is fair. Um, has credited the blood sausage with saving his life after he was able to free himself from the cold storage unit in Totnes. Totnes? This is Burton. Totnes is in Devon. Anyway. Maybe there are two Totnesses, Rob. Yeah, possibly. Chris was trapped inside the freezer where temperatures are kept at minus 20 Fuck and the, pan- the, the plastic release button on the door... Why are they minus 20? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's a freezer. <laughs> the freezer's, the freezer's normally minus 20. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you an interesting story. When I was down in Dorset over you were Christmas... You were locked in a freezer. <laughs> no, when I was in Dorset down over Christmas, I the day before I left, I thought, because when I get back, I'm going to be tired and I have things to do and I don't want to go Sainsbury's shopping. Yeah. I'm going to buy my food before I leave and take it back with me, which I did. But my parents had no room in their fridge. Right. So I left my food in the car overnight because that evening it happened to be minus two degrees and, and a refrigerator keeps things at apparently minus three. So I basically had a... My, my car was a fridge that evening. Having said that, when I got back, I did suffer food poisoning quite quickly after, so I suspect... No, I'm only kidding. Yes, but yeah, right. that, 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 so if you ever, Rob, run out of space in your fridge and it's winter, just stick your stuff in outside and it'll be fine. Thanks, Al. Uh, that's a handy tip. Yeah. And the plastic release button on the inside of the door had frozen solid. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's not much of a release button. It's not much of a release button, is it, if it can freeze solid? No. That's a, that's a pretty big design flaw yeah. in their freezer. If that's the, if that's literally the only way you can get out of this fridge, you'd think they'd make it in some okay. way. So, Rob, what stage do you start to panic? I start to panic the min- the min- when, when I realise after a few goes that release thing ain't starting. Um, what are your first thoughts? I'll tell you my thoughts as I go through my head. Mine are, immediately I'll convince myself I need the toilet. Yep. What am I going to do? And I'm pretty sure. I can't sure. sleep here. Then I'd realise I'm probably, then I'm going to shit. I could freeze to death. I can't eat any of this food because it's frozen. Yep. And then I'd, you know, I'd start thinking, I don't know what. And let's face it, that thought process, I think... I check my phone. I've realised I don't have my phone. Fuck. And I think it's also worth saying that if you you did need to urinate, there's a good chance if you did try, you'd be frozen and do yourself a lot more damage as a result of that. You'd what? I'm just thinking, if you urinate in minus 20, would it instantly freeze? I'm not entirely sure it would. would. Be interested to know, though. Uh, but I, I agree with you I think that thought process in 10 seconds that's when the panic was set in because like I'm literally I, I'm going to die here but I would do what he did I'd think is there anything in this room in fact it wouldn't have to be a bit a, a black pudding any, any of that like a gammon been hard or yeah, which stuff. I could smash that release button with I don't know if that's what he did correct it's exactly what he thought I could use his black pudding to bash the shit out of that burn um, Mr McCabe it was really frightening particularly as no one was no one else was coming to my rescue after realising the lock would not release, Mr. McCabe picked up the 1.3 kilogram black pudding and used it to whack the button until eventually the door sprang free. Is that a euphemism? He added, after a bit of bashing, it gave way and I could escape. <laughs> right. So you had a chance to knock one off before he left. Yeah. I mean, uh, if it was me, I was... Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Um, Pontus the Wanker would have been pleased for the time to himself in there. <laughs> yeah. Away from the nine kids. Hey, oh, my life. Do you reckon he's... Pontus is that kind of guy... As soon as five seconds elapses where he's on his own, he, he, his mind turns, oh, I could, uh, could fit one in there. <laughs> Do you want really, to really start trying to hollow out the, uh, the black pudding? And just, Rob. No. Also, he, did you say he was masturbating for an hour? Fair enough. Impressive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you think he might get friction burn? Yeah. Do you reckon he stopped and started again? Also, if he was, he was doing this for an hour and no one, and for the first 45 minutes, no one disturbed him. <laughs> Well, in Bristol, you know, that's what goes on. True. Uh, Chris, a father of four from Tottenham, said, Black pudding saved my life, without, without a doubt. No one could hear, hear me banging because it is outside, round the back of the shop. Again, not a euphemism. <laughs> I'm going around the back to bash the black pudding. <laughs> the black pudding was the best thing to hit the burn. Again, not a euphemism. But because, uh, because it's the right shape. Um, I use it like the police use battering rams to break doors open. Uh, I, don't break know door what, I would have preferred it if it had been. I would have found it more comedic if it had been a leg of gammon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right actually. Um, uh, that's what I did with the black pudding. It was solid, pointed, and I get plenty of weight behind it. <laughs> hey. 
I'm really lucky. We sell two or three of these a week, and that was the last one in. <laughs> Chris frantically looked around it for something to save him, but couldn't find anything to de-ice de- the emergency release. The lamb was too big, and the beef didn't have enough grip. <laughs> the beef didn't have <laughs> enough grip. And Chris said that all he, uh, he'd given up hope, but then he spotted his last black pudding. The fried breakfast favourite supplied straight from, her, from the Queen's butcher, H.M. Sheridan of Balata, was a perfect size weight and the most important diameter. Oh, and most importantly, diameter. Um, Chris said... Uh, so, sorry. When you keep reading this, I can't help but thinking of our old friend Chris and imagining he would find himself in a similar predicament. Oh, Chris would be dead. If Chris would have given up, yeah, maybe. yeah, without. I don't know what would Chris have done. I don't know. He'd do something, but he would have tried something bound not to work. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't like to think what he would have tried. I also freezing his own penis and using that to hit the button with. <laughs> Can I just say by the way that Sarah? This, I actually thought about Chris the other night because Sarah is doing veganuary. Hey, so th- there's this. Uh, I don't know how you call it, but. One of these fads where you do you go vegan for January, for January. I don't know why. I thought it was going to be something, to, to, something very different. Yeah, yeah. Cause, that's because of your head. Veganuary. Uh, so she's being vegan. Why, do, why, why can't they just call it vegan month? Why yeah, that I don't know. So how's that effect impact on you, Rob? Well, we're, we're, we are trying our. Best. Are you doing it as well? No. Right. No, no, so when you say you are trying your best, what do you mean? Well, we, we are. So if there are meat meals that we can cook together, but she then has a vegan version and I have um, so for instance we had green curry last night but I had mine with chicken that kind of thing my sister's vegetarian and I'm very proud of her for that she yeah. stuck to it since she was seven I yeah, I, I could probably do pescatarian pescatarian I think if I could have fish definitely but it just reminds me of when Chris tried to go vegan are we okay to tell this story on the podcast well why not yeah okay do you, you always tell it better than I do we had a friend yeah we've got a friend called Chris who, who, who was he's amazing and if you're listening Chris get in contact Chris was um, a unique character, but he, he went through fads. And he just told us one day he's gone vegan. And that was it. His life was now going to be different from, from forevermore. And um, a friend, another friend of mine at work called John, who sat behind Chris, turned around one day and saw Chris eating a scotch egg. And said to Chris, Chris, what are you doing? I thought you'd gone vegan. And Chris said, what? What do you mean? He said, you're eating a scotch egg. And Chris said, yeah. And he went, well, it's egg. Chris went right, and he goes, that comes from a chicken. And Chris thought, oh, yeah. And he goes, and it's ham in the scotch egg. Chris goes, what do you mean there's ham in it? He goes, the whole thing is... is it's sausage meat, yeah. It's, it's sausage meat, which apparently Chris never realised. So it's really easy to be vegan and just eat a beef burger. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. That's the, I think Chris got it the right way. You just tell people, you get the brownie points. Yeah, I'm vegan. Yeah, if they call you out, they're just saying, oh, it's a mistake. Yeah, Sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, I didn't realise that this beef burger had cow in it. Rob, we're at an hour. Right, okay. Um, I think just end it. I think all, all this is to say is just one quote. I managed to get in position to bash the button a few times until the ice broke and the door opened. And uh, if you want to buy this black pudding, Chris sells black pudding from his shop at uh, £7.95 per kilogram and describe it as a perfect accompaniment for a fried breakfast. When Jack Torrance was uh, trapped in the freezer in uh, The Shining, I wish he'd known about this, this, this trick. I can't imagine that kind of hotel would have stopped back puddings. And also, it was closed for the winter, so it seems strange they'd have any food well, in the freezer. It was stocked full of food, but I think that wasn't the problem. The lock was too... Yeah, it was was it? yeah that was the whole point. We, we, he was, he, he was, it was stocked. It was fully stocked. It's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, well, you should watch it again, Rob. Rob, that brings this episode of Local Sex to a close. We've got to finish. We look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation yet trepidation to our next episode, which will be episode two, two, three. Ooh, no. Two, three, oh, 230. It'll be episode 230. I apologise. As we move ever more forward, Rob, like a man trapped in a freezer, whipping out a black pudding and bashing it repeatedly against a a frigid button (laughs) to find himself released. Just like that. <laughs> we move ever more forward to our next episode, which, as I say, will be episode 200. That was also the top of my head, Rob. I take full credit for that. It's episode 230. Um, we, um, what do I normally say now? 
Uh, oh, goodbye. No, we don't do that. No, anymore. no. Uh, you can reach us via... You can re- the, yeah, we're, 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 look that. at our website, lapodcast.net, for now you can download all of our previous episodes. There's a donate button if you want to donate to the Worthy Course. It's this podcast. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Actually, I always do this. It's a bit of a tradition now. It's I nice check, show. Yeah, see what's, I check what's going what on. The, uh, the views are on YouTube on that Alan Partridge video, which, which seems to have uh, generated a lot of uh, views. Uh, we do, yeah, as I say, we have a, uh, a YouTube channel. Um, which you can hit subscribe to. You can look at the videos there. There are six videos there currently. And yes, the Alan Partridge story has 8.2 thousand views. Wow. Which is good. So it's still going up. The other one's pale in comparison. Yeah, well, (laughs) there's no no point mentioning that. If you haven't left us a review on iTunes, just do it. Yeah. Do it. Get your ass, do it. Come on. I don't think... Actually, well, that's... Me trying to intimidate the listeners hasn't worked. Um, If you could find the time... I'll, I'll walk you through it. Go to your Apple device... Go onto the podcast app, search for LA Podcast, and there's when you get it there, you'll see it says leave a review, and you just click it, and it's really that simple. You just leave us a review, and you can give us from one to five stars, and you can say something brief if you want. You don't have to say anything at all. It probably might take two minutes. I'm going to be honest, two minutes. Please do it. I'll be honest. That kind of approach, uh, I kind of lost a bit of respect for you. <laughs> I didn't plead, Rob. No, it wasn't far off. If you want to uh, send us a story, you can. Uh, Tweet it to us at, at LA Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash LA Podcast. You can post it there. Or you can email it to us the good old-fashioned way at lapodcast.net at gmail.com. That is lapodcast.net at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we're going to be back very soon. God bless. And keep it local. Keep it local.